Welcome to Living with a Disability, No Big Deal. This podcast is for people who want to learn how to thrive with a disability. It is also designed to share insights for those who have friends or family with a disability. Brad Gabrielson, our host, was born with cerebral palsy and uses a wheelchair for mobility. He is a North Dakota native and believes life is about managing challenges with understanding, mental toughness, and determination. Good afternoon and welcome to another episode of Living with a Disability No Big Deal podcast. Hi, Greg. Hi, Jennifer. Hi there, oh, Brad. Why don't you introduce our guest, Jennifer? Uh, yeah, well, today we have an exciting guest here today. Uh, it is Heather Lorenzen. Heather is the executive director for Gigi's Playhouse here in Fargo, North Dakota. Uh, she has been with Gigi's for over two and a half years. And throughout her career in volunteerism, she has been an advocate for all abilities and believes there are no limits to achieve success with the right supports in place. So welcome, Heather. Thank you so much for having me today. Yes, thanks for taking time out of your day today. Well, let's just start with a, our for kind of first basic question um, and tell us what what is Gigi's Playhouse uh, and who is Gigi? Well, what a great question. Gigi's Playhouse is a Down Syndrome Achievement Center um, where we offer educational enrichment opportunities for individuals with Down Syndrome from a prenatal diagnosis all the way through adults, um, their families, and our community. So Gigi's Playhouse is um, a national network. Um, the Fargo Playhouse is one of 51 playhouses in the United States and Mexico. And our mission is to change the way the world views Down syndrome um, through our programs and also by creating a more generous, kind, and accepting community. To touch on who is Gigi, um, our founder, Nancy Gianni's daughter, his name is Gigi. Gigi was born 18 years ago um, and has Down syndrome. And Gigi's mom, Nancy, heard um, in the hospital from so many people, I am sorry you brought a child into this world with Down syndrome. And from that day, she knew it was her mission um, to make sure that every child born was congratulated, um, no matter what their differences were, in that they were, she was going to build a, a platform um, to bring hope, encouragement, and support um, to families with individuals with Down syndrome to really help um, them through these milestones, through um, birth, all the way through adults. Fantastic. Sounds like uh, quite an inspiration and uh, certainly something that triggered uh, her mom when she was given those words to her about, you know, I'm sorry that you had to bring this child into the world, you know, that kind of a shot in the stomach right there. Yeah. And, you know, I think that's something that I think when we look at, um, so any person that walks through our playhouses, you, we congratulate them. Um, it's helping them find those right supports. We're all people and people need to be celebrated, right? Right. <laughs> Oh. Really, we all have a disability of some sort. So. Yeah, everybody has, like you say, Brad, some kind of disability of some sort, whether it's yeah. physical, mental, 
emotional, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, some you can see and some you can't, right, Brad? Right. Um, we're not perfect. The only one that is is the guy upstairs. So <laughs> basically. Yep. So Heather, how, how long has the Fargo location been open and what was the process to bring it here? So the Fargo location, we were the 25th Playhouse to open our doors um, on September 26, 2015. So we have been serving or impacting, I'd like to say, I like to say impacting the Fargo-Moorhead community um, and surrounding areas for the last five years, um, providing educational enrichment opportunities for individuals with Down syndrome and their families. And over the last five years, it's really exciting when I ran, I just ran numbers of program participation. We've had over 20,000 program participation hours to um, whether that from prenatal diagnosis all the way through our adults to really help them, empower them to become leaders in our community or keep them in the classroom with their peers. In the last five years, we've impacted over 180 families. And I feel with um, this last year, we were able to reach more families through a virtual platform, which I'll talk about a little later. The process to bring a playhouse to your community or a location um, is quite lengthy, um, two to three years in regards to um, our national office looks at the population size of 500,000 or more. And when I look at our Fargo, Moorhead and surrounding communities, we just really don't build up to that 500,000. So we're very fortunate that we have a physical um, location where we provide our brick and mortar um, educational opportunities. And through that two and three year process, there's a startup board, startup committee. And I like to highlight our founding president was researching back in 20, was it 2012, 2013, you know, on, Um, opportunities for her son. She wanted him to be accepted among his peers and she ran across Gigi's Playhouse and I remember her telling me the story. I told my husband we are going to bring this to our community to empower so many more people Um, and she did and I think one of the great things from our founding president is she stuck with our founder has stayed on our board for the last five years and she is in a leadership role for our one-on-one literacy and math tutoring program so not only is she giving her son a voice who is doing amazing things as an advocate with down syndrome in our community but she's helping that platform for so many more Awesome. That's great. And I, I have, I, I do know Mary Jo and her son, David, and they're wonderful people. So, so Gigi's Playhouse is a Down Syndrome Achievement Center, uh, but maybe tell us a little bit more for listeners that might not know, um, what, what is Down Syndrome? Yeah, so Down Syndrome, um, we are a Down Syndrome Achievement Center, so uh, our focus is Down Syndrome. Um, It's a genetic disorder where um, an individual is born with the extra copy of the 21st chromosome. So when we highlight, um, I like to say 321, um, March 21st, World Down Syndrome Day, what does that mean? It's that replica, so three, three copies on that 21st chromosome. So we just celebrated. World Down Syndrome Day, but it's such a day for us to provide additional education. The cause of Down Syndrome is unknown, and it is the leading cause for intellectual and developmental delay in the world, and it is the least funded. Down Syndrome occurs in about one in every 700 live births, and there are more than 4,000 people living in the United States with Down Syndrome. Um, One of the things that 
I like to highlight, and we talked about, you know, I, I see ability. We're all people. We all need supports. Is people with Down syndrome can live healthy and fulfilling lives, just like all the rest of us. And um, recent medical advancements, as well as cultural and educational support, has allowed individuals with Down syndrome and their families to overcome these challenges and break down barriers. And I think that's one of the things I value every single day in my role is I get to continuously break down these barriers um, to creating that more accepting, generous, and kind community. Is, um, is Gigi's Playhouse, is that a nonprofit organization? Gigi's Playhouse is a nonprofit. So we okay. are a 501c3. We receive no state or federal funding. And um, so all of our and, and I, part of our mission is our programs are free. Our families do not pay anything to participate or walk through our doors. And so we really rely on grants, our community supporters and our fundraisers to help us keep those programs free for our families. Well, I would imagine that that is a fairly decent part of the organization in order to keep that kind of that chain moving. Absolutely. Yeah, the fundraisers and uh, the writing of the grants, things like that. Yeah, to impact our families in order to keep our programs vibrant, fun-free, not only with that fundraising aspect, but we are 99% volunteer grant. So I am our wow. only time paid employee. And wow. we, yeah, it's so we really rely on our volunteers to come help, you know, educate, inspire, and believe. I see uh, um, there's been a couple of Down syndrome uh, actors on TV. I've seen them a couple of times, like in movies and stuff like that. Uh, um, really, there's they are they are uh, they remember their lines pretty easily. It seems like and it's uh, and it's it's kind of cool to watch them on on. The big screen and TV once in a while, it's interesting. I wish they would use more handicapped people in that profession. Yeah, we always try to, on the podcast, if we're doing whatever disability, you know, try to point out, you know, so-and-so or actor, singer, comedian may have that disease. So, you know, it uh, just to kind of show the fact that there are a lot of uh, opportunities or a potential, I should say, uh, no matter what the disability is. So, Yeah, I know that, uh, you know, I've seen them on a couple, I, I can't name the shows right now, but I've seen a few as, um, you know, pretty much a main character was a Down syndrome individual. So, uh, you know, he was, was that a movie, Brad, or like a like a uh, like a? Like... I've seen him both. I've seen him on TV, and I've also seen him on the Garth Brooks song too, where they're running down the track in a video. And yeah, and Brad, who I think you're yeah who you're referring to this show that was on. It was called Life Goes On, um, yeah, and sure. the actor his name was Chris Burke, and yes. so he I know he, his mother did and his parents I really I mean had to kind of fight hard to get him these opportunities but right it was a uh, mm -hmm. you know man with down syndrome who played a man with down syndrome on the show right, right. Wow. and I've seen I've seen that uh 
a Down syndrome individual in the video of Garth Brooks when they had that song. I can't remember the song, but they're uh, running down the track. I, uh, a few of them are for Special Olympics and they fall down, or one of them falls down and the other two come go back and pick them up. Yeah, I've seen that. Well, it's kind of cool, you know. So, you know, I wish we would see more of, of that kind of stuff from the handicap community where. We can be as useful as you know, and it would be more realistic, I believe. So, uh, so I don't know. I I think they could use uh, the disabled uh, population, and you know, as far as special cases like that. So, in other words, uh, you're advocating for them to use you in the latest Brad Pitt movie instead of Brad Pitt. Uh, they want no. Brad Gabrielson. And is that what you're getting I at here? I, I don't match with Brad Pitt. He's, he's <laughs> a lot younger than I am. Huh? <laughs> okay. He's a lot younger. Yeah, than otherwise the similarities are unmistakable. But I don't think so. Not even close. But, but no, I, I hear what you're saying. Yeah. So. No. And, I, and there was another one, um, kind of a little more recently, the, there was a show on that was called Glee, and there was a, a young lady named um, Lauren Potter, who her character was Becky on, on the show, or she plays, was a, a high school girl. So that, yeah, mm -hmm. for me, that was kind of cool to, to see that also. Yeah, that was a pretty um, big uh, show. In a wheelchair, too, on, on the show as, as well. So mm -hmm. I thought that was really cool. Yep. yep. So Heather, just you had mentioned at Gigi's Playhouse that it's 99% volunteer run, uh, you being the only paid staff person. Approximately how many people volunteer throughout the year or do, um, how many volunteer hours are uh, contributed to to help Gigi's run successfully? Yeah, so that, you know, um, I and I, I looking at referencing back to, you know, the movies, and I totally agree with all that, you know, and that's, I think, through our programs is really to help empower our local friends, you know, to dream big. Um, but with our volunteers, we uh, average about 350 to 400 volunteers per year. In 2020, with the COVID-19 um, pandemic, we had a decreased number of volunteers just due to limited access, but we did launch our programs virtually, and our volunteers ran our programs. They didn't miss a beat from being in person or via a wow. We typically average about 5,000 volunteer hours per wow. year. Last year, through a pandemic, I said we, we kept continuing to hit play. Um, we had 4,000 volunteer hours, which was super exciting in order to keep our programs going for our families who really needed us in the last year. Yeah, especially in this last year. Do you use volunteer hours for like your grant? You know, you have to have so many volunteer hours for like your grant purposes. We do. So, you know, we use volunteers for almost everything. You know, our board is very, very active. So we have an active board. Um, our special events, they're not all done by myself. Um, we have committees and event committees. I do have, we do record. So any participation hour or volunteer hour, um, we do record that because that helps us write grants um, to keep our programs free for our families. We have partnered with the local colleges here, um, some of our greatest volunteers, but as well as organizations and other nonprofits and or church groups um, or people who just have a niche to volunteer, um, whether 
they've been a previous education major or um, they're retired and they just want to give back some time. So there is kind of an opportunity for everyone to volunteer um, based on their interest and what kind of age group being we serve such a wide variety um, prenatal diagnosis infants all the way through adults. I've naturally worked with adults and teens. And so when I came to Gigi's and I was told, hey, you're going to have to hold babies and, you know, rock babies. And I I was a little scared um, just because it wasn't, you know, that age group that I was used to working with. And now anytime a baby walks through the door, I'm like, hand them over. (laughs) Oh my. All the snuggles I can get. So. Oh yeah. So talk about the kind of the different types of programs. You'd mentioned that the programs are, you know, kind of run on volunteers, but what, what are the different types of maybe age specific specific programs for both the the you know people with Down syndrome and then their siblings? Yeah, so our programs focus focus on the four universal challenges of Down syndrome, hypertonia, which is low muscle tone. I always like to point out, I'm a very naturally fast talker and my friends with that low tone in their mouths, it takes us about 80 to 100 muscles to say one word. And so when I just talked really fast, that's a lot of muscle and movement. And with having low muscle tone, my friends with Down syndrome may stutter or have a more delayed speech. It's just because they're having to work those muscles a lot harder. So our program work on really helping with their low muscle tone, um, that cognitive impairment. So on their cognitive delay, as well as um, learning um, speech, learning how to talk, um, math skills and reading skills. The other two components are our adults, finding employment opportunities um, or even just opportunities for them to be members in our community. And um, acceptance is the fourth pillar of how our, volunteer, how our programs are developed. In those four pillars, we encompass um, working on speech and language development, digestion, fine and gross motor skills, developing literacy and math, and then, um, like I said, that employment opportunity for our adults which is a lot. So when I look at the different programs that we offer at the Fargo Playhouse, so we offer one-on-one literacy and math tutoring, and those are ran by sessions. We offer three sessions a year, four years old and older. And our goal is for our adults to learn math skills and be able to tell time. So if they want that employment job, whether that be a cashier um, or knowing when to take a break, and for our kids to stay in the classroom with their peers. So the literacy and math tutoring program is covers kind of an educational component. We offer age-based therapeutic and social programs. These are broken down more into age specifics. So zero to three, we teach American Sign Language. Um, we want to um, help our kiddos be able to communicate with their families and our families to communicate with their kiddos. And Also, that zero to three group is more for our parents to network and support and kind of um, help build materials and find out what therapies, services that they uh, can receive um, and or to really help them grow their child um, to that next step preschool prep. So three to five year olds, we really focus on helping um, the learner or our learners with preschool um, in addition to them going to preschool. And then we have school age programs, which is really working more on that finding gross motor, um, more speech, more socialization. Teens, so we are so fortunate to work with some of the local high schools. 
what's more empowering than in teens leading teens? So we have our teens that um, from the high schools um, that come in and lead our teen program, um, which has been really fun um, over the pandemic here to see, you know, what ideas that they have to keep things fun at home. And then our adult programming. And then our last group of programming is a newer program, which we've had here the last two years. It's called Gigi Fit. It's a physical therapy-based fitness program for infants through adults. And it really is working on that low muscle tone, um, building core strength. Um, I joke that our teens and adults can out push up and plank me because they do this workout two times a week. (laughs) Uh They can. And so this has been one of the most rewarding programs that we've offered. Um, and we've been, and it's our biggest, most popular program for all ages. And so you know, they're able to go up and down the stairs on their own, helping with balance and coordination. So so many great benefits. Well, it certainly is getting not only all ages involved in the spectrum, but also involved in the gamut of uh, services from literacy to math, to to, uh, you know, speaking, speech, uh, social skills, and then, of course, the physical, uh, the fit part of it. So it seems to be kind of a, a well-rounded circle of, uh, of therapies to, to kind of that all come together. They probably can do me and all the push-ups. They can all do... <laughs> so is the, is the fit part, is that held right there too, or...? It is. So we just recently have reopened our doors for programming. Well, in September 2020, um, but we keep each week bringing back group programming. Right now, our GG Fit Teen and Adult program is done virtually twice a week. So, um, and let me tell you, on those days that I don't feel like working out, though we have about eight to 10 that are actively showing up and encouraging and doing this workout Uh Uh, and they motivate me to get moving as well and so we are so excited that we will have all ages again for the gg fit program this summer um, in june and the nice the nice thing about our zero to five-year-old programs is we work with some local therapists that come in and run our program so it's kind of an extra an extra touch point for our families um, to talk to a PT or an OT um, outside of their normal therapy appointments um, to really help their child be their best of all um, and and really go to that next step. Um, and so you mentioned that the the all of the programs are free at Gigi's Playhouse. There is no cost to participate. So the money has to come from somewhere. So so tell us a little bit about the different types of fundraisers that you do. Yeah, so we have four main fundraisers every year that um, we participate in um, outside of grant and general donation. We participate in Giving Hearts Day. I think it's kind of a jumpstart in February. It's one of my favorite. It's one of my favorite events, just because we're able to come together as a community and really help so many nonprofits in the state of North Dakota and Northern Minnesota. But we also have a I Have a Voice Gala. Um, we just completed our first first ever virtual gala in March. Um, it's not that same impact as you are in person, um, but um, typically our gala is held in March um, and it allows an opportunity for our families and our more so kid teen adults to get on stage and talk about why they benefit um, from participating at Gigi's Playhouse. 
We also hold an annual walk-in fest. This year, it is called our Gigi Fit Acceptance Challenge. It's a physical and social movement for acceptance. It will be June 5th. And not only are we participating in Fargo, but it is a national. So um, all the other playhouses, we're, we're making a movement for that acceptance. And so we have our local event, all the dollars that we raise locally stay and go back to our families. But we're trying to spread a message across uh, actually the globe and the world here um, for, yeah. for all abilities. And then um, we have a golf tournament in the end of July every year. So those four main fundraisers help keep our programs free. However, we do, you know, I meet with a lot of people and share. Um, I usually, I typically bring an adult or two with me. Um, their schedules are a little easier to clear around school. Um, and I'm really looking forward to that again here as kind of, we kind of hit back into our new normal um, as we can start being a little bit more in the community. Speaking of the fundraisers, I bet that golf tournament is a good one for you. It is. You know, what? one of the things that was really exciting last year is we were able to hold it in person. However, we had like a capacity. So we launched a golf where you're at in support of Gigi's. And so we launched a virtual tournament. And, you know, I think in the last year, we had to start thinking outside of the boxes um, yeah. in order to keep funding coming in the door so we can continue to provide our programs for our families. So that was really fun, a fun thing to do. We're going to do it again this year. So like if you lived in Arizona, you went to a golf course and essentially you golfed for GG's, gave us a donation and got entered to win some really cool prizes. So just kind of a fun way for our supporters all over, um, all over the U.S. to engage and um, help support our mission. Hmm. Awesome. You can't go wrong there. You have fun golfing outside, doing what you love and support a great cause. Win, win, win all around. Yes. So, so that golf tournament, you're, are you going to hold it live? Are you going to be able to hold it live this year uh, as well? We are. It's July 26th at Moorhead Country Club. And so um, okay. it will open next week for registering. Uh, for registering. Um, right now, everything is going on as planned. Um, and we're hopeful to continue to do the same as we did last year or even better. Excellent. So you talked a lot about how uh, just the the um, culture of acceptance. Uh, there's kind of something that I've recently heard about that's called Ge Generation G. So what? Tell us what that means. Generation G is a conscious decision to be better every day. It was part of our Generation G pledge for acceptance that was developed a couple years ago, um, and we use a lot within our youth board. And it, it's um, you heard me reference several times. Be accepting, be generous, be kind. And we ask that um, it, that conscious decision every day. I know everyone can do it. And whether that is, you know, accepting people for who we are, that generosity. Generosity isn't always in dollars. Generosity, it can be time. Um, and so whether it's volunteering for Gigi's or finding a nonprofit to love, volunteer your time in that generosity or get a, give an in-kind good. Um, I talk a lot in schools with our kids. It's giving a compliment or helping a friend. If someone falls down, can you offer to help them get back up um, or pick up their books, their school books, and then leading into that be kind. And so I do a lot, especially around World Down Syndrome Day, but I do a lot going into schools and 
And talking about bullying, um, we're all, like I, I referenced so many times, we're all people. And it's just really making sure that we're making that conscious effort every day to treat each other the way we all want to be treated and making sure that we're being respectful along the way. Well, and it certainly is a difficult lesson to, you know, have, you know, sink in a lot of the time just because uh, <laughs> the younger generation can be pretty mean. Uh, at times, you know, and be pretty insensitive to uh, uh, things, especially when there's a, you know, a number of them, it's kind of a group mentality, you know, when the, when the bullying starts, you know, maybe they wouldn't be that way alone, but when they have three or four other friends, then, you know, it's not very fun for the person being picked on. So that's a good lesson. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think social media too. So that's taking that next step. You talk about now they're, I didn't have social media. It was, you know, I think I was in mid-college when Facebook came out. <laughs> and so I think, you know, when we look at bullying now, it can happen a lot more behind the scenes. Mm. And so that Generation G is just really to bring attention to making sure that we're all being kind and, and not doing things that we don't want to hurt others behind them or um, even to their face. And yeah, I think it's that acceptance aspect of it. And so with that, that's wonderful that, that this yeah, kind of campaign for acceptance is going on. What, what advice could you give to parents with a new baby uh, diagnosed with Down syndrome? If they're a little kind of scared or worried, what, what, would, what can we say? So I meet with parents. Um, I, I like to say um, one of the biggest myths is you can't go to a Gigi's Playhouse until your child is born. And that, you know, the fact is, is some families or a uh, majority of families find out about 20 weeks and that they have a chance of having a child with a 99% chance of Down syndrome. Oh, wow. And that's when families need the most support. Finding out a diagnosis is scary, but we want them to know that they're not on this journey alone and that they're, you can go online and research almost anything these days, um, whether myths or facts. And, you know, we want to be able to provide that support on that factual, but not only support of hope and in, in giving them these building blocks or puzzle pieces that everything is going to be great, but we want to introduce them to a network of families to help answer questions. You know, I think I've met several of our adult parents stating, I wish there was a Gigi's when my child was born. I wish I could have been, I could have had the support that I'm willing to give a new family now. Mm. Um, and I didn't have that, you know, so I'm not going to wish anymore. I've been in their shoes and I'm going to provide now. I'm going to provide what has worked for me or um, what they can do to really celebrate their child and help break through these barriers and these next steps, whether that's crawling, whether that's accepting the diagnosis and just really looking at um, building a network. So our programs aren't just developed for individuals with Down syndrome and their immediate family or siblings. We're a support for grandparents. We're a support for extended family. So um, our programs are designed to really help families learn and grow with their loved one um, to really push them to dream big and help them accomplish those dreams. So in, in all advice, um, if you have a friend or know somebody bringing in a child into this world with Down syndrome, please reach out to Gigi's Playhouse and 
you know, we can connect them to other groups as well, um, but we want them to know they're not alone on this journey and that this journey is going to be hopeful. And we're going to encourage and really bring out the best of all. Best of all is continuous, measurable, celebrated, and it never ends. And so we're going to bring out the best of all in their child. Brad, did you have a comment there? I, I kind of wish we had uh, something similar to display also when it came to cerebral palsy when I was a little bit younger because now you now we don't even have the uh, anything to do with cerebral palsy in North Dakota <laughs> you know and, and um, you know I'm sure you know nowadays uh, people with my with my situation or with uh, um, I don't we never even get to find out as much information as is you just you know, been going over with uh, Down syndrome. I wish we had that kind of support back when uh, I know it's been a long time, but I wish we, they would bring back the, you know, like you have with Gigi, you know, you can go in and get all the information you want and ask all kinds of questions. We can't do that with cerebral palsy. So, you know, we just have to read what we got on the internet or ask the doctor. And sometimes the doctor, you know, in my case, they, the best thing they do for me is ask me, what do you need? Well, I need a new chair. Well, how much, you know, I need you to okay it. But they never sit in a wheelchair, so how would they know? You know, so you know that's that's you know with with Down syndrome, you could answer you answer all the questions, but in, in other situations, they don't. We don't get as much information as you guys. Given it's a great situation, and um, I just wish that we had something similar to yours in my situation because. There's a lot of people that have a lot of questions about CP and any any disability in general. So, you know, it's kind of cool. Yeah, it's a heck of a support uh, structure that's provided, uh, Brad, by Gigi's. I mean, a sense of uh, way to relieve anxiety and get some answers where uh, there isn't that type of group or organization, you say, in North Dakota. Not that I know of. This is, you know... I mean, we don't have a, we used to have a place where, you know, they dealt with several policies, but not anymore. So I don't know if there's even a National Several Policy Foundation anymore or organization. I don't know that. So. Well, boy, you'd sure think there would have to be a National CP organization. Well, you don't hear about it very often if there is. Okay. Okay. There's yeah, definitely. There's been some progress, but there's always yeah, needs available for all, all needs out there for all kinds of different disability issues. So Heather, I believe you've also done some other work or volunteering with the disability community outside of Gigi's Playhouse. Just tell us a you know briefly about some of the other volunteer things you've done. Yeah, you know, um, 
I feel like I went through like personally a midlife crisis. So I went to school to be a dietitian and I was a food service dietitian from several years at a local college here. And I started volunteering with the Special Olympics of North Dakota and I love sports and I love, you know, I had time to give. And I feel like when I say midlife crisis, you know, in my mid twenties <laughs> and I went into the human service field because I was so inspired. I was so inspired and you know, I had a gift for teaching, um, whether that was as a coach, teaching a sport, and I moved, you know, into employment. And so I worked a lot with teens and adults with intellectual and developmental disabilities. And so I agree, Brad, with not having resources. Um, I look at what GG's provides. The Down syndrome community is phenomenal. And I think sometimes it's taken for granted because I've worked with teens and adults finding meaningful employment for years. And you know, for me, one of the things that I was missing was that education from the day someone was born until they were 18, you know, looking at or 21 graduating from college. And, and when an opportunity came at, at GG's, getting to be able to serve a population from zero or that prenatal diagnosis through adults, providing that hope on day one, like they will tie their shoes at age three. <laughs> we're going to work on that. You know, I think that's something that's really uplifted me to know that these these newborns and three, four, five-year-olds are already a step ahead than some of our adults because there wasn't that education there years ago. Mm-hmm. And so I think, you know, I'm still advocately looking for employment for anyone who wants to work and it's thinking outside of these boxes. Individuals with a disability do not have to just be boxed into begging groceries or pushing carts. They can have a dream of doing anything. And it's kind of putting these puzzle pieces together to help them figure out. I use this, I love using this analogy as um, if someone wants to be an astronaut, knowing that like I will never be an astronaut. (laughs) There's so many things that go into making an astronaut, but what is it that makes them want to be an astronaut? Is it because they get to wear a costume? Is it because they like to look at the sky? Is it because they like the numbers? And taking that and really finding that, you know, finding that astronaut job, which is unrealistic for myself, uh, but making it realistic for a person who wants to work. So, you know, for me, I and I still am an active volunteer coaching sports through Special Olympics, which I love um, on my volunteer time. But and that's where I'm an advocate for all abilities. I don't have any children. Um, I have a rescue dog that I love to walk, but it's just my gift to give back and advocate for others. Awesome. Cool. Well, thank, thank you so much. Brad or Greg, any final questions before we wrap up? I have one. I don't know how to, I don't know how to put this in a question. I have a statement, but I'm trying to figure out what in the... If someone would come to you and say, you know, my son is in his 20s and, and what can I do to push him there? make him feel good about himself and make him make him wanna wanna get out there and be part of the be part of the um community. How would you what what kind of advice would you give them? I mean let's say you know they didn't know nothing about GGs and they just happened you just happened to uh run across them in the in, in the community. 
Yeah, that's a really great question because it happens a lot. You know, I think one of the things sometimes if it's GGs and it's Down syndrome or if it's just any intellectual or developmental disability, you know, for GGs, it's welcoming them into the, our front doors. I think sometimes walking through our front doors is really, it's the one of the, it's the first step, but it's one of the most challenging steps. And so um, typically in the community for myself, um, I run into so many people and it's just a conversation. You know, hey, what are your goals? You know, if I'm sad and I don't want to leave my house, let's let's get your team together. Let's look at, let's what makes you happy. You know, I feel like sometimes like whether it's a IEP meeting or um, a team meeting, um, they're not always positive and they're always on what we're doing wrong or what we need to fix. And so I think if we all change our mindset in what makes our timer tick, what makes us happy, what makes us want to get out of bed? Is it having a cup of coffee the first thing you do when you wake up? And if you don't get that cup of coffee, you're going to have a bad day. But I think it's, you know, taking that step and finding that what makes us tick? What are you interested in? And I think instead of me starting with like, not like a, being like a drill sergeant and like all these questions, but it's like, what is your favorite movie? What's your favorite song? And how do we build a conversation off of that favorite song? I might not know anything about the Jonas Brothers. I really don't. Um, but I have a lot of my friends who do. And so I have to grab my phone and Google it <laughs> to really help, you know, build that relationship. And I feel like if you have that relationship built, it, you're going to help be more proactive on that positive impact um, to get them to want to do things. At GGs, we have a lot of adults that don't want to come for programming in the evening or so it's finding things that different programs that make them want to be engaged. Is it a social program? Is it dance, a form of expression? So I think it's really getting to know the individual. And I think at the end of the day, if we can all take away this message and we go into a meeting, um, whether it's in a job or whether it's a team we're supporting, and maybe I'll say one or two things positive about somebody else in the room. We're just going to start the meeting off in a whole different light than maybe saying, oh, you didn't do this today or, oh, you didn't do this. And I just I just think that that positivity and relationship building is really helpful to opening doors for individuals with intellectual and developmental disabilities. And we're all people. We all have we all need supports to be successful. And it's finding those right positive supports to do that. Well, thank you for your answer. Hmm. Very great. Thank you. Yeah, I guess I had one, you know, you have these children or you have these teens or whatever, and they're all at different levels. They can be, I'm, I suppose, you know, uh, intellectually wise, as far as their development, because I'm sure it ranges all over the board, doesn't it? For like, some are way back here and some are here and some are here. So during the process of growing as a person and physically growing um, it sounds like the it's very realistic to be able to I have many of these kids that have this uh, this uh, it's a birth defect right is that what it's called a birth defect um, it's a chrom chromosomal defect so um, oh, okay yep um, that they're able to actually learn and become in intellectually smart as they as they go they're not stuck at you know at block three or four but they can continue to to gain knowledge and become more advanced in their intellectual process is that's is that true they can continue to to advance 
There is. So we use the metric called progressions for our programs. So there's not just one straight line. We have progressions that um, whether when progressions in our literacy and math program are based on level. Our GG Fit program, some of our friends are still in progression one and some of our friends are in progression five. So when I look at a GG Fit class, we may have um, in kind of like a roller coaster effect where we have some that are still in progression one, but when they're ready to move on to that next step, so that progression for our um, workout program, um, it may be holding uh, a ball, um, then to holding a weighted ball, then to holding physical weights. And so we're always, when I say pushing beyond those boundaries, pushing that intellectual and developmental um, progressions to really help them be that next level. We don't want to stay straight line. We really want to keep them going up. The goal for um, our school age kids is to keep them in the classroom with their peers and not going into resource rooms. And our goal for our adults is to hold conversations and invite friends out for coffee or lunch or supper. So yeah, we are continuously through our progressions challenging. We rely on our volunteers and then our um, we have a very small um, group that helps determine those progressions and that next step and helping our families get the supports that they need to take that next level. Hmm. Wow, it sounds like uh, with the structure that's in place, that really is what's driving much of the improvement that these individuals see over the course of time, over the course of several years, depending upon when they're, whatever time that they were reached in their life, it really adds another stimulant to that degree of learning that they can get just based on being in that structure that you provide. So that I would think that would really increase their chances to, uh, to raise their intellectual ability to gain employment, uh, do things like that. I mean, it just seems such a, such a strong indicator of uh, people being not left behind, but, but being uh, basically guided or nudged to uh, continue to, uh, to achieve more and more intellectual and emotional and social stability so that they are functional in community. If that makes that, any sense. I know that uh, the University of Alabama's football team has a what they call a super fan. He has Down syndrome, and, and he goes to every one of the football games. He's and he stands right pretty close to the coach on the sidelines, and so. Um, Every one of those players knows him, and they go to, he goes to all the practices. So he's in a very important uh, key to their team. So um, you know, because they had a they had a a show about him recently on uh, uh, I think it's said uh, ESPN 360. So it was was it called Superfan? Yeah, I think Alabama. Yeah, he was, he was a super fan. Yeah, I don't think, know if that was, I can't remember if that's the name of the show, but he, uh, the, the guy, he was their number one fan. He came to every game because that's what he, that's what he lived for is the Alabama football team. And so, oh. so, yeah, I saw that. He was, he was basically a part of the family. Yeah, basically he was, yeah, he, he, he was with the coach and, uh, the coach told him to, uh, to continue going to school, and you'll be able to work with us at the at the, at the field here. And so he did. He <laughs> wow. graduated, and went on to went on to Alabama as a college student. So, 
you know. Really? Yeah, he was certainly socially uh, ambitious, wasn't he? That super fan. Yeah, he he was very. I mean, you got him. He had to find a way to get him motivated, and the coach did. So, you know, but uh, he's, you know, I thought it was amazing that they, uh, he helped with all the training and all that stuff. So they gave him a lot of a lot of responsibility. So, yeah, that's a cool story. Yep. Yep, and that the, the gentleman that you you're uh, referring to, Brad, that his name was Michael Buchanan. Yes. And it was one, and he he unfortunately passed away a few years ago. But it was yeah, just wonderful how the the university and the team and the community just you know embraced you know him and his his energy was just you know phenomenal. It's you know me seeing him just gave me you know energy. So it was it was wonderful. Yeah, and it's amazing. Um, you know how a little bit of encouragement can really get somebody motivated enough to, you know, do the things that that maybe his parents wanted him to do, but just because someone else said it, he was all for it. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, yeah. If somebody else says it, then mm-hmm. it's true, right? So somebody that he looked up. To you know, yep. the coach of the football <laughs> team that I, that I loved, you know, he told me to finish school and all this stuff, so that's what he did. So, mm-hmm. kind of cool. So, so cool. Know. And I think our takeaway is just a uh, Brad with you know, your message, the title of our podcast, Living with a Disability, No Big Deal. You know, the message that a recurring theme throughout all of our episodes is that people, whether your disability is physical or you know whether it's you can or can't walk you can or can't see whether it's you know regardless of what it is you can live pretty active healthy normal lives Mm -hmm. and it's it's yeah just great to yeah great to see what people can do it sure is and most of the time uh disabled people surprise the quote-unquote able-bodied people or the normal the normal people (laughs) <laughs> oh and yeah in many cases yeah in many cases i mean just one super quick story here i was i watch a lot of fishing shows because i'm a i'm a fisherman i'm in a wheelchair but i still can get my boat out and all that but they had a disabled guy and he was a professional bass fisherman and he had he was born he had no legs he had no no left arm and no right hand <sighs> And he was a professional bass fisherman. He would throw it out there like this, and he would kind of wind it <laughs> with it under his uh, under his chin. And I just I couldn't believe it. I'm like no legs, no left arm, no right hand, and here this guy is out there on the professional bass tour. I mean, things like that. That, uh, like you said, Brad. Sometimes the dis the <laughs> The disabled or people with disabilities can, you know, you see them just doing absolutely amazing things that regular people couldn't do. But that, that's called that's called uh, confidence and motivation. I mean, God put us here for a reason, so we got to make the best of our life that we have. So yeah, for sure, for sure, it sure gives you inspiration when you start thinking of you know, your situation and say, well, you know, 
my life isn't so fun because, you know, I'm in a wheelchair and I can't walk really. And, but then you see stories like that and you're like, who am I to sit here and complain about my situation? You know? So yeah, you, you just have to have that feeling that you're blessed. You got to remember there's people worse off than you. Yep. All right. Well, should we wrap it up here for today? Yeah, let's, uh, if, uh, if the listeners wanted to learn more about your support or organization, can they contact you uh, somehow, Heather? Yes, um, you can go to our website, ggsplayhouse.org backslash Fargo, or you can call the Playhouse 701-551-7529. Okay, so check out ggsplayhouse.org slash Fargo or... Uh, with the telephone number that uh, that's going to be obviously here on the podcast. So, and you cover what area? We are um, the Fargo, Moorhead and surrounding communities. So we serve um, families uh, in the state of North Dakota and Northern Minnesota as well through our virtual programs. Oh, okay. Even as far as Jamestown and in that area. We do with our virtual platform programs. Um, our in-person programs are um, in the Fargo location. However, we do open it up to families that if they're in Jamestown and they wanna come to Fargo for the morning to participate in programs, absolutely, we invite them in. Mm. Okay. Excellent. Well, thank you so much again for your time. It was, uh, I was, uh, inspired encouraged and also i learned a lot just from listening and uh to hear your passion uh is evident in what you're doing and what the program is doing and it uh i think brad you could tell from what from his uh, <laughs> from his uh statement about how he wished there were you know programs like that for cp that uh he feels that it's you know just a, a real big benefit a resource to people uh, think, you know I in think, that community i think what we should do is take take the model from GGs and it could, it could help any dis, disabled uh, across the board. You know, just to give them the support that they need and, and education, because education is the, the most important thing as far as I'm concerned. We can go out and educate the public and you know, I think you guys do a great job, it sounds like. And uh, so uh, I think uh, we all we all gotta work together. Maybe you know. So happy to be well, here. Okay, so thank you for, for um, sharing the information with us today. It was a great podcast, I believe. And uh, thank you, Heather. Thank you so much for having me on today. Okay. Um, Thank you for listening to another podcast of Living with a Disability, No Big Deal. Thanks, guys. We'll see you next time, folks. All right. See you next time. God bless. Thank you for listening to this episode of Living with a Disability, No Big Deal. Sponsored by Rolleram. this podcast features Brad Gabrielson, who encourages everyone with a disability to live life to the fullest. RollerRamp is a global company based in North Dakota dedicated to helping people find solutions to accessibility needs. We hope you'll join us again next time on Living with a Disability, No Big Deal.